Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Ever since Nicole Schmidt had her reconversion back to the Catholic faith, she found herself falling more and more in love with the Catholic Church as well as God. Through her openness and faith, God encouraged her to step out of her comfort zone, and this led her to a mission trip in New York, as well as to co-lead a formation program for young people in her parish. All of these steps gave Nicole the courage she needed to share her gifts and talents with the broader church community, and that's where our conversation with her starts today. Thank you for joining us on the Feminine Genius Podcast. And I was wondering if you could start by introducing yourself and sharing uh, with listeners what it is that you're currently doing right now. Yeah, of course. Um, So yeah, my name is Nicole. I grew up in Surrey and Langley here in BC my whole life. And I have been um, going to Simon Fraser University, um, just finishing up my last few classes. Yay, so exciting. And I'm currently working as an assistant to a speech therapist with kids who have autism. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm planning to take things life directionally, Mm -hmm. Um, working with that. It brings me a lot of life. But one of the main things that I'm doing um, right now is helping out with senior youth ministry at my parish of St. Joseph's in Langley. So um, we're running a formation program or retreat for youth finishing grade 10 to grade 12, Mm -hmm. just really focusing on helping them to grow in their relationship with God and also to grow in their community and and form them in their ability to evangelize people. I've been doing this with Daniel Wack, who's the youth minister there. And one of the reasons that he started this was really because for both of us, like we really had our kind of reconversion to the faith after high school. And even though we both were involved in youth ministry through uh, high school, we we noticed there were kind of gaps and we wanted to fill those gaps and really give the teens that opportunity to encounter the Lord and really grow in their consistency in prayer and mm-hmm. um, and have those really like supports um, in place for them, especially as they move on with their lives and, you know, move on to different things. Some of them are graduating and yeah, that's kind of a room. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you were alluding to a little bit of your personal reconversion back mm, to the yeah. faith and I was wondering if we'd dive in a little more and if you could share part of your faith journey with us. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah, like I said, I grew up Catholic, but when I was in high school, I just really experienced a lot of uh, suffering, a lot of physical and emotional suffering. And and this really led me to believe that God was not good or that God didn't love me. And so I kind of, I just decided that I didn't really want to have anything to do with God or really the church. And, And I kept going to Mass with my family, but it was really totally out of obligation. Like, I didn't really pay any attention or really listen at all. It was very much like going through the motions. I was very focused on my grades and my friends and really loved my job and all those kind of things. But God was really not on my mind at all. But then when I was in um, first year university, I um, I remember I was sitting um, in the church at mass and I was kind of thinking about my life like, 
I had just started university and it was going really, really well. Um, I had a lot of friends. I had a boyfriend at the time and like he was great and, and I loved my job. I worked at Starbucks and it was like the best thing ever for me. But it still like felt like something was missing and and I was thinking about like, okay, when was the last time I prayed? And I couldn't remember. And so I was reflecting on really the lives of my friends. I still had a lot of friends who were Catholic and very much committed to their faith and really reaping the rewards of that. Um, And I just saw how joyful they were and how at peace they were. And and I decided that I wanted that. And so I started kind of taking things a bit more seriously, Mm -hmm. paying attention during mass and really listening and kind of trying to start having that relationship with God. But it was really more, I would say that was more of a conversion to the church. Like the church, the people in the church proved to me that, that the church is good. And so I started seeking out community and stuff, but I still very much did not trust God and I very much did not have a relationship with him. And then about six months later, so I went to World Youth Day in Poland, um, which is an event, really a pilgrimage where um, young people from around the world gather and there's mass, like there's a vigil and mass with the Pope. and, And so while I was there, before that, a lot of, Um, terrorist attacks had been happening in Europe Um, and some of my friends had been there when an attack had happened and um, they were okay but it was very personal for me and like very frightening Mm -hmm. Um, and so going to World Youth Day I was like thinking about that a lot and like what might happen while we were there and there was nothing I could do about it (laughs) because I was still I was still committed I was gonna go but while I was there I decided that like I guess I just have to trust God like and I remember thinking that and being like, okay, if nothing happens, then like, you know, God's providing for us. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, like nothing happened. We were totally safe. And it was a really amazing experience for me. I went there with quite a few of my friends and I really experienced like the Holy Spirit within me. And um, it was so good. And, and even though it could seem small that like, yeah, like nothing happened because there was so much security or whatever, but like, I really think that God provided for us and he kept us safe and um, he proved to me that he is good. And so when I came home from World Youth Day, that was really when I started having a relationship with God because God doesn't expect us to like just accept his word for our things. Like he Mm -hmm. will actually show us and he showed me at World Youth Day that he's good and he is who he says he is. And and I was able to kind of start letting go of like control and things and really letting people help me and stuff and growing in my trusting God through those kind of ways but Mm -hmm. yeah that was really the beginning of it all that's so beautiful yeah Yeah. and I guess too it's like you're talking about something that I think a lot of people a lot of women definitely Mm -hmm. experience just whether or not God is good and Mm -hmm. we see a lot of imagery of yeah like God the father Mm -hmm. or the flip side of that is like God this judge or one person mm-hmm. described it to me as like oh God this boss who could yeah. you know he could be good to his workers or he yeah. could be otherwise yeah. and for you as a woman like what were some things that you really struggled with at the time when it came to mm-hmm. um, just like trying to understand God as a loving father so I think that up until that point I was very very independent and very much like to rely on myself and just be in control of everything and so I wouldn't say that there's really imagery associated with it like but just I had to be very conscious of the fact that like God did want what was best for me and he does want what's best for me and and he does have a plan for my life and recognizing that 
actually when I let God have some of the control, or really all of the control, then it's actually more freeing for me. Like I think I found a lot of freedom in that and mm-hmm. a lot of peace came with that as well. And, and really it allowed me to be more myself more of the person that God created me to be and yeah I definitely think the word that comes to mind is freedom like in it for sure. Recently like you were mentioning Mm -hmm. earlier you started uh, serving with youth ministry Mm -hmm. so you're serving with Daniel Mm -hmm. at St. Joseph's in Langley. What drove you to say yes to that? Yeah that's a good story. So um, so I've actually been involved in youth ministry for the past few years or so. kind of different places, but um, recently I yeah served on our student leadership team, like our exec team um, with Catholic Christian Outreach at SFU, and I was really thinking like, what's the next thing? And originally I had been, I was supposed to be living still close to SFU until the end of summer, um, but then some things kind of fell through with our landlord and I ended up moving home earlier, to home to Langley earlier than I had anticipated. I considered a lot of things, but God was like, no, not yet. Like, wait. And so I was waiting and I was like, oh my goodness. It came to the time when my time serving with the exec team was over. Right. I was like, okay, God, like, what's next? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember, like, I think it was a couple weeks before I left for my mission trip in New York that Daniel approached me and asked if I wanted to do this, um, which was funny because I had thought about serving on the core team for youth men like I had done before and I just really did not feel drawn to it at all like I Mm. it wasn't really I think that kind of having events and stuff wasn't something that I was attracted to at all but then when Daniel asked me to do this I was like oh my goodness this is everything like I feel like this is it like this is what God wanted me to wait for and then just the more we talked about it the more excited I got and just kind of the chain like how God changed my mind that I was like no not youth ministry and then when Daniel approached me with this particular role in youth ministry, then I was like, yes, this is it, like, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And thinking back to my own high school experiencing Mm. and thinking, like, man, I really wish I had something like this. But, like, having said that, we know that, like, God has a plan, so Mm -hmm. he will make things happen. However, I am super grateful that there is Mm -hmm. such a program like that for people who are in such a critical time in their Mm -hmm. lives. So... You're already halfway through the program. Yeah. What have been some of the fruits that you've seen come about through the young people that you're serving? Mm-hmm. Certainly the most obvious fruit, I think, has been just the power of the Holy Spirit like coming into each of the teams mm-hmm. and myself, really. So in the first week, we spent six days together and we had three days where we focused on each of the persons of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, so God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And on the Holy Spirit Day, we had a time um, where we prayed over the teens and prayed for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it was incredible. It was so powerful how the Holy Spirit moved. People were the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Um, comes in to the person and really, well, what it looks like is really the person just falls over. And, and with some people, some of the, one of the teens we prayed over, we just started like lay our hands on him and he just was immediately like slain. Like he was just wow. so overcome um, by the Holy Spirit. And, and it's really like the Holy Spirit wants us to rest in him. Mm-hmm. And there are different reasons why people can be slain. Like sometimes it's really like about trusting God, like really for myself, it was just to like rest in, Mm -hmm. in him. 
And yeah, for some people it's more gentle, but, and usually we try to catch people if possible, but it often doesn't work out that way. Yeah, so that was really powerful. And also just the joy that um, many of the teens were filled with, even some of the girls just like laughing so much. And it was really, really beautiful Mm -hmm. um, experience. And I wonder too, just if you could maybe Mm. explain the significance of the name of the program. Mm, Yes. Yeah, so it's called Upper Room, um, and really it comes from the apostles were in the Upper Room when Mm -hmm. they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, and and when, during Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And there are many references to the Upper Room in Scripture. Um, Even when Jesus comes and meets them, they're all waiting there in the Upper Room, and to be honest, like, I don't remember if Daniel and I discussed this explicitly, but this is kind of just my own, like, what we've gathered. But um, also <laughs> thinking about how, like, the apostles, like, they were waiting in the upper room, like, after Jesus had died, and they didn't really know what was going on, um, what was happening. They were, it says that they were afraid, and they're waiting, and, like, Jesus tells them to wait. Um, and then the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and that's when they're, like, sent out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I kind of I kind of see upper room as a time where we're you know being formed and um, and then the Holy Spirit is coming upon us and then we're we're going to be sent out right but we can't be sent unless we have the Holy Spirit with us and then in particular for the young women who are in the group like how have you seen maybe like their own confidence or maybe Mm -hmm. their own just confidence in their identity and their Mm -hmm. feminine genius so to speak Mm -hmm. like how have you seen that grow in them throughout the past couple mm-hmm. weeks so far. Yeah. I think that one of the most beautiful things has really been in our, we have small groups and there are two small groups for the girls because there's um, quite a lot more girls than the guys, but just seeing how they've been able to open up to each other and really walk with each other and speak truth to each other. And yeah, it's just thinking a lot about like their identity as daughters of God and, and really the role that God has given them. But yeah, definitely growing in their sisterhood has been something that I've noticed a lot and and seeing how that has strengthened them and like given them confidence as well. Mm-hmm. And why do you think that's important? I guess especially for women mm-hmm. of that age. Well, I think when I think back to my own high school days, like I had definitely had some really, really close friends, really good friends. But when I think back to that age in general, like mm-hmm. I know there can often be a lot of like hurt and and even jealousy and and a lot of things kind of going around that maybe aren't the best and aren't the most fruitful so to have that sisterhood to be giving life to each other um, and to be building each other up instead of tearing each other down I think is really important and especially as they go into the world like after high school even more than seeing how they can support each other and continue to walk with each other because we know that we can't do this journey on our own and it is only with our friends like I think so many people when I hear them share their testimony it's because like oh one of my friends or someone came back and they were sharing about this and like that sparked curiosity in me or hearing people talk about how like their friends are with them through hard Mm -hmm. times and, and that kind of thing and even I know um, for a lot of them, a lot of their other friends maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus or, or aren't practicing their faith. And so seeing how, like, actually they can evangelize right now, but only with the support of their friends, right? Mm-hmm. That's such a beautiful concept. And 
it was funny too, just because as I was preparing for this interview mm-hmm. and I was reflecting on just the importance of female friendships, because mm-hmm. I think like if nothing else, like of course for men as well, like young yeah. men also yeah, need just strong community, yeah, but sure. especially for women, like I was at a wedding last night mm-hmm. and yeah. one of my friends and I, we were talking about how sometimes as women, we spend so much time looking for Mr. Right or mm-hmm. the groom mm-hmm. when really we should be looking for our bridesmaids. Yes. And oh, that really yes. hit me. I was like, yeah. do I have that community? Yeah. Like in my own life and yeah. it just really like got me to it challenged me to think more about yeah. female relationships Definitely. and the power of that yeah for sure that was one of the things actually I gave a talk on sisterhood in the first week and that was very similar it's something I was talking about like I yeah I've been single for the past couple of years but really I've been seeing the fruits of yeah like my female relationships um and seeing how lasting they are and um especially when they are christ-centered like when they're focused on you know bringing each other closer to god and i've seen so often and how other people speak truth into the lies that i've come to believe and how Mm -hmm. i can speak truth into um, my friends um in their lives and how encouraging that is and affirming so yeah i really like that you bring that up (laughs) I know that you also recently spent some time in New York, yeah. uh, but not on vacation. You actually no. on <laughs> Yeah. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, so I went um, with Catholic Christian Outreach on this mission trip to New York, and we were working there with the Franciscan Friars of Renewal. Um, so we were actually staying with them. Um, so they cool. have like a guest house kind of side of their house. It was so cool. That was honestly probably the highlight to just... Um, living with them in community and they're just so free and so real and they're mm-hmm. hilarious and, but they're so good you know mm-hmm. like really truly the word good and just seeing how selfless they are and how loving they are even just like meeting like they'll be walking down the street and they'll see someone and they'll just go and, and talk to them and like love them really and that was really beautiful but it was really a beautiful time for me to see how the Lord provides and seeing how it was really the trip was everything that I had hoped it would be like I I think it was like a couple weeks after I finished my semester and I was just really craving time just being present with people and just like having those conversations where you don't have to think about anything else you don't have to think about all the million things that you have to do you can just be there and talk to that person and that was a lot of the trip like um the friars they have a little cafe that they run out of their house it's so cute they recently um like renovated their basement so they could have this space Mm -hmm. and so I spent a lot of time in the cafe um like serving they have like sandwiches and and cake and you're meeting the people getting to know them Mm -hmm. um and then and then sharing the gospel with them so um we shared the ultimate relationship booklet which is really the four-point gospel message I think like 626 times or something like collectively as a team um in the two weeks that we were there which is really amazing Mm -hmm. um and um yeah so we had our time spent there and then we um, did some like street evangelization so we went to some there's a college campus close by and I met some people there and we tried to fit in some of the touristy locations that mm-hmm. was definitely a lot harder mm-hmm. um, just people are not as open and receptive to talking to people 
but it was still good and we did still we were able to talk to people and and it was really cool like I've never really done that I'm not really the type of person to just go up and talk to someone in the street but I met a lot of really really cool people mm-hmm. um which was really good and yeah and then we had a couple events like with adoration and praise and worship and inviting people into the church to pray so like night fever we had mm-hmm. and yeah wow yeah what have been some of the lessons that you've been able to take away about mm-hmm. your relationship with God, mm-hmm. with your faith or yourself from this mission? Well, one of the things while I was there was that we did meet, especially at like Night Fever and these other events, we met a lot of people who were Catholic mm-hmm. and were already, you know, intentionally following the Lord. And um, But they didn't really know how to evangelize. And so... That was the thing that I found the most life-giving was to, like, share the ultimate relationship booklet with them and, like, show them, like, okay, like, I know you already know this, but, like, Mm -hmm. I want you to use this as a tool so that you can, like, talk to your friends or maybe talk to your Mm -hmm. sister, whoever. And um, I met this one girl. She was talking about how, like, recently she'd been thinking a lot about being able to know God personally and Mm -hmm. how she didn't really know how to do that and stuff, but she's, you know, a practicing Catholic and um, going to church and and stuff. And so it was really beautiful for me to be able to show her like, okay, it's really your yes to God and show, like kind of share a little bit about my life and like what my walk with the Lord has been like. And then she was so excited to like go home and share the your booklet with her sister. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really beautiful and she was just so encouraged so I think that's something that the Lord is continually calling me to do Mm -hmm. um so since being home I've been trying to be more intentional about talking to my friends who I don't usually talk about my faith with Mm -hmm. um and just kind of you know seeing where they're at and like how um maybe the Lord is calling me to like accompany them or help them along their way and just making that more a part of my like normal life um with all of the people that I encounter and that can be super scary too yeah you know sometimes like I think you know for something like this like I know that if the person that I'm talking to already has Mm -hmm. a kind of relationship or understanding of the Lord then spiritual conversations come super easy Yeah, yeah but it really is those moments where you know you have maybe a certain type of relationship with someone but maybe Christ isn't quite, like you were mentioning earlier, Christ isn't a part of that relationship Mm -hmm. just yet, and we haven't talked about it. So how have you navigated that? Like the fear and overcoming that maybe nervousness and anxiety bringing something up like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, So actually, one of my really close friends, we've been close since we were like really, really little. And... We, like she is like practicing Catholic like she goes to mass on Sundays and like she yeah it's great uh, her family is Catholic and but we never talked about this really and like I kind of moved away soon after I really like had my reconversion like a year later I moved away and that was when I really when I met CCO and really kind of figure out like okay like how do you evangelize and like what does that actually look like as a Catholic and um so that was all very new to me and and we're still close but we're you know when you're not living in the same city it's kind of harder to stay connected all the time and like you kind of forget about Mm -hmm. things and sharing with each other but yeah so when I came home from mission I shared with her like all about my mission trip and like I told her all the stories about like like what I shared with you and and other stories about 
people I met and how mm-hmm. like their lives were changed by the Lord. But as I'm like sharing with her, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if she knows like what I'm talking about when I'm like using words like the Kerygma, for example, or like when I'm talking about having a Christ-centered relationship, like I don't know if she has that. And I felt so awkward about it, but I didn't say anything. And I was like, oh man, I should really explain this to her, like ask if she knows. Um, and then about like a month or two later or so, yeah, a month later, we were driving home from Mass and I kind of just asked her, I was like, do you like pray every day? And then she kind of, you know, opened up a little bit about like what that was like for her and, and how she wanted to like grow more in her relationship with God and how she didn't really feel like maybe she was in the in a Christ-centered relationship, but because she didn't really know how to get mm-hmm. there. And so now we kind of like talked a bit about that and and we're planning on doing discovery like the first CCFA study and and yeah she told me that she had been waiting for me to bring it up like she knew I would because she saw like how my life was different and stuff Mm -hmm. and and I'm really glad that I did bring it up with her because it just adds so much depth to our friendship even though we're like really close it just is a new level, you know, for mm-hmm. us to grow in. And it gives me more, even actually gives me more confidence that our relationship will last, um, like, through the years. Like, I, I think just to close, in, in terms of how you've seen, especially after you've had quite a period of time, like, with your reconversion, mm-hmm. serving on youth ministry, mm-hmm. uh, and going on mission, and really growing in your own faith. Within that, how have you seen your personal feminine genius grow? Yeah, I think definitely in focusing more on others, I guess, and my relationships with them, and how I can... Um, serve them and how I can grow in our friendships and I think when I was younger especially like before my reconversion I like I've always kind of had a lot of friends and like always been like I'm a very social person um but I think since my reconversion I've been focusing a lot more on really intentional friendships and like what that looks like and how actually growing deeper and kind of fewer friendships maybe it's actually more fruitful for me um so definitely and like for them as well um yeah definitely just a lot of getting to know myself and knowing like okay what are the things that are most life-giving for me um and having more confidence in the gifts that God has given me actually that reminds me. So I love Blessed Is She, their ministry. It's amazing. Um, it's like an online Catholic women's ministry. And so they had an Advent devotional this past Advent around Christmas time. And they were reflecting on being made in the image of God and like what that means. And so I was reflecting a lot with that on like these gifts that God has given us and how we're actually really like we need to share them. One of the things was you are so uniquely gifted that even though you might think that someone else could do the same thing, like actually no, like God gave you this specific gift and you are the only one who can like give this gift to the world. So if you don't, like no one else can. Um, And I think that's something I struggled with for a long time. Yeah, a lot of comparison and 
I think I've been growing a lot in that, especially in the past year. Like, for example, one example would be like, like I've always enjoyed singing um, and like I play piano a bit when I was younger, but I never was really like confident in like my abilities like at all. But in the past year or so, I'd say that's something I've been really trying to push myself to do because mostly because a lot of people have affirmed me in it. But now like that is something I've seen even growing through Upper Room, like the first week I was so nervous to lead worship like I was like oh my gosh I've never really done this before but now now this past week I was so much more comfortable and really this is a gift that I can give to the Lord through music and even if you're not like the most amazing person at something that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to share that gift. Thank you to Nicole Schmidt for sharing her story with us. Nicole is a very talented writer and singer, and I've included a couple links to her work for you to check out in the show notes. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. You can listen to the Feminine Genius Podcast wherever you find your podcasts. And now, thanks to a couple listeners, we are on Stitcher, so you can find us online as well as in the app. Just search up the Feminine Genius Podcast. As well, you can stay up to date with the show by following us on social media. We are at FemGeniusPod on all platforms. And finally, you can find us on our home on the web at FemininGeniusPodcast.com. I'll talk to you next week, and God bless always.